Let us pray. Gracious God, we come humbly before your word. Send your spirit to rest upon us as we listen. Prepare our minds. Prepare our hearts. May the meditation of my words and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Our gospel reading will be from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 through 30. We are continuing with the Sermon on the Mount. I will be using the new Revised Standard Version, so it might be a little bit different than what you have, but not that much. You can find it on page 838 in your pew Bible. Hear these words of our Lord. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not, commit your, shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. This is the word of the Lord. This is one of those difficult passages where... We as Christians kind of cringe a little bit. Is Jesus really suggesting that we should go and take, cut off our limbs if it causes us to sin or tear out our eyes? As I have shared previously, this passage holds a special place for me. It represents my first introduction to the Bible. My family did not go to church until I was around 10 years old. However, my mother had grow up, grown up attending a little rural Southern Baptist church in Alabama. Her grandfather had actually donated the land for that church. Now, there's one thing that can be said about our Southern Baptist brothers and sisters, that they know the scriptures well. And that was definitely true of my mother. 
For when I was only but eight years old, I got upset at my brother, which was no sin, as I often was upset at my brother. And I called him a fool. My mother took me aside, aghast at what I had said, and opened this passage. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to a council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. Wow. This made a profound impression upon me. So much so that at age 11, when I was before the pastor discussing about my baptism, he asked me if I had any questions. And I only had one. I called my brother a fool. Will I go to hell? And he laughed and said, No, son, you are not going to hell because you called your brother a fool. God loves you. And he died for you and your sins. I got to tell you, I felt so relieved that I felt like I, like all of a sudden, I received a new chance in life. This was my first exposure to the grace of God. I had been carrying the burden of judgment upon my heart for three years, and in one moment it was wiped clean. I remember my baptism to this day, how I have cherished that day when I first knew that I wasn't going to hell because I called my brother a fool. The first day that I knew that Jesus loved me. Now, my mother was well-intentioned. She was concerned about my spiritual welfare. That is probably why this made such an impression upon me. Because I could see the horror in her in her eyes when I called my brother a fool. For many Christians, I believe that the rules in the Bible, that they take it just much like my mom. Take these teachings in the Sermon on the Mount. They quote them. Do not steal. Do not murder. Do not call your brother a fool. Do not get divorced. Do not look lustfully at the opposite sex. Do not, do not, do not, or you will go to hell. Whenever we look at the teachings and rules of God and Christ, we must understand their purpose and use. If we do not, then we will most likely misuse them. I learned from Reverend Howland that in order to understand the rules of God, I also had to understand the love of God and the purpose of Jesus Christ.
For we must always place the cross in the center of any rule. For it is only in the cross that we see the depths of God's love for us. And we see his grace poured out unto us. To read these teachings without the cross would be merely exchanging one rule book for another. The Pharisees and the experts of the law knew the rule book. They had taken the teachings of the, of the law and the prophets and had formed it into an idol for godly living. In fact, they loved their rules so much that they even started adding more rules onto it. Rules that God had never intended. Last week we heard Jesus say, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Jesus did not come to throw out the rule book, the law and the prophets. He came to fulfill it. As the Apostle Paul points out to us so well, the law is meant to point out our need for God. But the law cannot bring about our reclamation. The law cannot reconcile us to God. Only God could do that. And so he did it upon the cross. In Jesus Christ, we do not see a God who throws out the rule book, nor does he exchange it for another. We are still accountable to the rules of God. However, we now understand them differently in light of the cross and God's love through Jesus Christ. No, son, you are not going to hell because you called your brother a fool. God loves you. I can describe it in this way. Now, when it comes to home repairs, I am quite the do-it-yourselfer. Probably that's because I am really cheap. I don't like to pay someone to do a job that I can do myself, and my wife is nodding her head. I also enjoy the challenge. Now, if you've ever built anything, you know that one of the most important principles for building a structure is to make sure that your supporting braces are plumb and true. And what this means is that when you have a pillar, that it is pointing straight up, that it is equal, level on all sides. And that is so that when you put the weight upon it, all the weight will be directed directly down. This makes sure that your structure is strong and secure. We saw this week what could happen when those structures are not so strong. In the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, what had happened was that the ground shifted so quickly and shifted back that the braces and the supports all 
went to the side, and therefore everything came tumbling down. That is what happens when your support braces are not true. The law is not our support. It is merely the measuring device to show us how true we are. Like a level, it tells us if we are pointing straight up to God or not. It was never meant as our means of support. Its sole purpose is to show us how we have gotten off track. Now, none of us, because of our sin, is perfectly true and pointing to God. Only Jesus Christ was perfect. We are all a little off kilter. Some of us a little bit more than others. But all of us fall short of the glory of God. And like gravity, sin wants to pull us crashing down. Satan wants us to bend and break. For evil thrives in chaos and disorder. And the more we are off kilter, the more that we are likely to break from the weight of the world placed upon our shoulders. It is when we are stressed and overtaxed that we are nearest our breaking point. And that is where grace comes to help us. For Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. Jesus takes that weight upon himself. His endless grace props us up so that we will not fall short. But the law helps us to know still how we have gotten off track from God. It tells us that we need the assistance of Jesus within our lives. We need his love, his knowledge, in order to bring us back to true. For he is our support. It is by calling on God's grace and love and mirroring that love within our lives, that we are strained back, pointing back to God. We become back in proper alignment with God's will. With Christ and the cross as our center, by following the law of love, we are adjusted back to God. But it does not mean that we should cast the law aside. For we must have the law, the rules of God. And therefore, because of the law, we are under judgment. But because of grace, we are also under salvation. If we receive God's grace, but do not emulate God's discipline then our lives will continue to falter. We will be forgiven, but we will no longer be any straighter than we were before. 
It is said that God helps those who help themselves. If we want to get right with our lives, we must first get right with the Lord. But it also requires our participation with the Lord. Too often we try to sit on a two-legged stool of faith. But to be truly stable, we need all three legs. The law, the grace of God, and our participation. So friends, learn from these teachings of Jesus. They are more than just merely rules. Let them show you what is pure and true. Let them show you your need for Jesus Christ. They will point you straight back to the Lord. But also understand them in the light and love and grace of Jesus Christ. Bring them into your marriage. Bring them into your workplace. Bring them and share them with your brothers and sisters. Do not mistreat those who are surrounded to support you. And in the love of God, be reconciled to one another. Be supported in your faith so that you are able to bear the weight and the burdens placed upon you. All this through the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.